Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 234. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning in. This is the show where we focus and concentrate on the study of leadership because all of us have the opportunity to become better leaders. Someone right now, I say this every episode, I open it up with this, that someone right now is looking to you for influence and guidance. Doesn't matter if you have the leadership title or not. Somebody's looking to you for leadership development and guidance. So it's in our interest to learn all we can about leadership. And hopefully this show is one of many resources that you can use along your leadership journey. Let me know what you think about the show. Reach out to me at richard at doseofleadership.com or go to my website, doseofleadership.com. Reach out to me on the contact tab. Or you can also find me at richardryerson.com. And same thing, learn more about my services and speaking. And if you need me for an event, I'm also available there. Before we bring on my next guest for the show, I want to talk to you about a brand new project, an exciting project that I just launched last week. It's a brand new show, brand new podcast called Out of the Mud. Out of the Mud is all about the personal transformation and the journey we all experience when we face adversity. I love that phrase, out of the mud. These great stories of adversity or how we pull ourselves out of the mud are the stories that are highlighted on the show. They're stories of hope, success, and significance, you know, because adversity or being in the mud is someplace we're all going to find ourselves in. We may, may be in it right now, but you're going to be in it again, and it's how you pull yourself out or choose to pull yourself out is what I want to highlight on the show. You know, we all get the chance to be the hero of a potentially great story. And I'm a huge fan of how people choose to step up in an epic way and pull themselves out and become transformed once they pull themselves out of the mud. It's a brand new show for me. It's something I've been wanting to do for quite some time. I would be honored if you found your way to iTunes or out of the mud.tv and listen to my show. Let me know what you think about it. Subscribe, rate, and review just like you did on this show. It's all about shining the, lo- the light on hope, success, and significance. And again, you can learn more by going to outofthemud.tv. That's outofthemud.tv or search for it on iTunes and Stitcher and you can listen to the shows on your mobile device. Okay? Really appreciate your support with that. All right, today, great guest today. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a couple years now. And finally got him, Chris Licurdo, huge fan of his. He was originally hooked up with Dave Ramsey, and he was one of Dave Ramsey's key leaders for over 12 years before he left. He served as the vice president of live events, and he oversaw the Total Money Makeover Live. It was a concert-like show on personal finances, and he helped grow it from an average attendance of 1,600 all the way up to 11,000. You know, and together with Dave Ramsey, he developed and built Entree Leadership. That's one of my favorite um, podcasts and one of the great website, great resources out there for entrepreneurs trying to understand what it means to start and run a business combining with leadership, something I'm very passionate about. He's an accomplished speaker, and he's trained extensively throughout the United States, sharing his leadership principles, his keys to business development and success. And like I said, it's if you're a fan of Entree Leadership, you're going to be a fan of Chris Lacurdo. He's got a great podcast out there, too, interviewing a lot of people that's been on this show, too, and um, he's just a great conversation. So excited to finally have him on the show. 
And so without further ado, here's Chris Licurdo on Dose of Leadership. Well, Chris, what an honor to have you finally on Dose of Leadership. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate it. It is an honor to be here. Well, I've been a fan for a long time, and um, you've been a mentor from afar, if I can say that. You can. And uh, and you've been uh, uh, great in the realm of not only leadership, but just, uh, I would say, in life in general. You know, and I think when I went into leadership or became passionate about it, and I look back, you know, I was so... I almost separated it from life, and I know that sounds dumb maybe now, but it's almost like I separated life and leadership. Does that make sense? Uh, it does make sense to me. I mean, I, I think there's two different aspects of it. So yeah, are you saying that you you are keeping them separate, or you had life and then you became a leader? Well, I think I kept them separate. I looked at them as two separate entities. In other words, you know, to be a leader, you had to be this, when the reality was leadership impacts every aspect of your life. And I was kind of naive to that fact, you know, 20 years ago, I would, I would say. Yeah, I think in your personal life, there are many aspects of leadership, um, but there's also the side of living life. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people can get caught up in the, oh, I'm a leader, I must lead everything. And that is absolutely untrue. Um, You continue to use the traits. And again, the thing that I tell people when it comes to leadership is it's very simple. If you want to know if you're a leader, it has nothing to do with your title. Uh, It has to do with turnaround. If people are following you, you're leading. <laughs> right. So same concept when it comes to personal life, but also there's a, a level of being a student uh, as a leader. A great leader is always a great student. Yeah. A lifelong learner, right? Teachable spirit. You got to have that to be a great yeah. leader. Yeah. So how did it start for you? Take me back to kind of how it, you know, I suppose if you look back now, you might've said, I didn't think I'd be doing this 30 years ago. So how did you get to this point? It is a it is the craziest thing. I have been helping and teaching and leading people since I was a kid. I mean, from my from a very early age, I was always hanging out with adults. I was always uh, learning and soaking up stuff like a sponge, uh, and I did it in a lot of areas. Uh, when I was eight years old, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew that I wanted to uh, own a real estate company. And I knew that I wanted to, you know, be somebody who was making a big impact. But along the way, and I thought, I, I thought leadership and life were separate as well. And along the, lay, the way, I would help people in their personal life. I would help people to solve problems. I would help people to, you know, whatever they were going through. Um, and then uh, when it came to the business side, I was uh, 20 years old. I was on the ground floor of E-Trade. And it was a phenomenal process. I, I, I remember back in those days of helping and guiding people. I worked in, uh, with uh, reorgs. So whenever big businesses would, reorganization, would uh, have a reorganization, I was teaching and helping people to discover what was going on, what does that mean to them, all that kind of fun stuff. So I'm helping people in my personal life. I'm helping people through business. Um, and that just led to greater and greater positions in leading teams, um, which ended up being a opportunity for me to lead uh, businesses. Um, so go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so the dream was to be the entrepreneur, but you kind of fell into, um, I guess early on, you kind of found that you had a gift for kind of helping people solve problems. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I'm an incredibly logistical thinker, which is, it's not something I ever thought anything about it just happens um so i see things i see things i i connect dots i'm i'm able to help people to solve things um which is what 
you know, has made me so good as a coach, as a mentor, as a, as a leader is that my goal, and I, and I learned this early on in E-Trade is when I was, when I became a leader, uh, I was an assistant leader. So, uh, so as I'm leading some people, I did the very same thing that I saw all the other leaders in my life do. And I'd been working since I was 14 years old. And I started telling people what to do and started dictating uh, to people what to do. And the people that really liked me before I became a leader, (laughs) all of us, all of a sudden were kind of turning away. I mean, they, they weren't engaging me anymore. I could see that I'm hurting feelings. I could see that things aren't working out. I'm 20 years old, 20, 21 years old. And that is the moment that I realized this is not leadership. Yeah. Um, and that is the moment I said, okay, stop. What do I need to do to make these people successful? I had no clue that that would become a mantra Mm -hmm. for the next 24, 25 years. Um, but I started thinking, okay, how do I make them successful? If I can make them successful, then, and and really the bad side is back then at 2021, if I can make them successful, surely they'll still like me, (laughs) which was the, which was the important thing at 20 years old. Right. Uh, but not long after became the, holy cow, I become successful every time I help them, yeah. uh, every time I lead them or, or do whatever it takes to get them successful. So those, that's the beginning. Um, you, I, yeah, I don't know if you know the story of me going on and, and, uh, running a, a business for Dave Ramsey yes, yeah. and uh, eventually running seven, uh, sub PLs and continuing to teach people for, for, from day one, how to uh, grow their business. When, when uh, I decided that we needed to start our Entree Leadership event, um, that was a big undertaking. And I spent more time on the phone coaching businesses um, how to solve their problems than taking money from them to come to our event. Wow. And it just continued forever. And people continuously would come after me and say, would you please just help me with my business? Would you give me an hour? Would you give me two hours? Can we do this? And so for quite a long time, uh, I, I would coach and help and lead. And and throughout the way, I would just every now and then feel like I hear God say, you're going to be doing this on your own someday, which I did, had no intention of leaving. Uh, things were great. And uh, eventually, it was like, no, this is this is what you need to do. But you felt a and nudging or a calling to to go on your own. That's what you kept hearing. Yeah, over and over and over again. Um, I I really felt God saying, this is what you're going to be doing, and I, I realized it would be a part of it. I had no clue that it was going to explode into what it has been. So I, I knew coaching would be a part of it. I knew that doing what we call our strap plans, which is a huge three a day event that we, uh, we really find the greatest opportunities in businesses and tear it apart and put it back together. But we also do what's called life plan. And I just thought, well, I'll do this. Just, uh, you know, I'll help people out. I've been helping people for decades in their personal life. Uh, and I'll just do this as a fun thing. And it's, it is, it's exploded. I mean, we we've been, bombarded with it. So things that I did not expect um, continue to be the same thing, leading, coaching, helping people, guiding people, solving things for them so that they can have a better life, a better leadership style, or a better business. You know, that's been a predominant theme over the last three years. I've had these conversations and and I would say more often than not, I would it gets to the point where people say, you know, I had no idea I would get to this space. I had no, but I love right. what I'm doing. And it's like, and I'm like, okay, how, what did you do? And the, the theme seems to be, 
I trusted that inner nudging or that inner calling. And I and when I walked that door, five, six, seven, eight other doors opened up as well. And it just kept going and kept going. And I just kept walking through those doors. Is, is that what you see? Is that what happened to you? <laughs> My, uh, mine's a little funny. I've, I, um, I have a pretty decent relationship with God, I believe. And I feel like I hear from him from time to time from for three years. I felt like I heard him telling me, you are going to be doing this. And I kept saying, I don't know, Lord. I mean, is that really, is that, is that really what you have going on? Because things are pretty good. You know, right. <laughs> things are, things are great. I'm on, I'm on stage in front of thousands of people. Things are working out and this is good. And, uh, it got right down to the end when it was time for me to go. And I strong, the, the, the nudging turned into a, almost a threat. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I remember walking down the hall one day and I, I had just made some copies. I'm rifling through these papers in my hand. And, and what I felt like I heard in my head was you will leave. Wow. Uh, I don't want to know what that means. I don't know what that equates to. I'm out. I'm done. And it was a very difficult, long, not difficult. I mean, it was a very painful uh, process. Dave and I met, we went through weeks of meetings and just tears and just, you know, just all kinds of, it, it was very tough for both of us. But it, that was the moment that I decided, okay, I am trusting you in this. I've trusted you in so many other things. I'm trusting you in this. I, this is you. Go. And it has been phenomenal. I could not have imagined, like you've said, I could not have imagined that it would be this great blowing up this fast. Uh, so it's been great. That's encouraging because I think, you know, I had Dana Preen on the show and she said kind of the exact same thing. She says, I'm getting to the point now that I can plan my life as, you know, as detailed as I want, but it always seems God has a better plan for me if I'm uh -huh. willing to listen. And she yeah. says, I'm starting to trust that more and more now. And it's how do you know? How do we know that that voice is our true calling as opposed to I wrestle with? Is this my ego talking? Is this I don't know. How do you discern the difference? I mean, how do you know? <laughs> yeah, there's that's uh, there's a there's a few ways. Uh, one thing I tell people is if you can argue with that voice, it's not you. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. There's many times you can rationalize things, you can negotiate with your own self, but you can't argue with yourself. Right. And there's been many times with my personality style, the way that God has reached me was to tell me to do something that he knew I was going to go against. And so, you know, hey, I need go do this. No, Lord, I'm not doing that. And that immediate, wait a second, you can't argue with yourself. So like if you're saying you need to go to the beach, you don't go, no, I'm not going to the beach. You go, do I want to go to the beach? Maybe I want to go to the mountains. Yeah, but the beach would be really nice right now. Okay, yeah, the beach. But when you're arguing with that voice, that's that can't be you. We don't. We're not able to do that. Um, so that is one indicator that I help people to understand. Another thing is is that hearing takes practice. It's a long process of understanding. If it's if it's your ego, it's usually fulfilling your needs. It's usually something that has to do with um, safety. It's usually something that has to do with, is this going to give me self-worth? Is this going to give me affirmation or validation? The things that I find God telling me usually challenge the daylights out of me. Uh, you know, they're usually things, and, and a lot of times it has nothing to do with me. That's been another uh incredible process for me to learn is sometimes, sometimes I will hear things and it has nothing to do with me. And I think it does at first. And then I find out, Oh, wow, that's to help somebody else. 
Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So it's the practice of doing it. The Bible says that uh, the sheep will, my sheep will know my voice. Well, how, how do the sheep know the shepherd's voice? Because they listen to it every day. Right. And so little, little things such as uh, in the early days, it's so funny. I would come into, I'm I'm the kind of person who I I operate off of muscle memory many times so that I don't have to think. Um, If I can not have to think about where my keys are, I can think about more important things. So I will put systems in place of things that don't need a lot of thought process. You know, not things that do need accountability to it, but something like where my keys in my wallet go, that's a pretty easy thing. And so I put them in a specific spot. And there's times I would come home and I'd have my hands full and I'd go to set my keys down in some strange place and then hear, don't put those there. Why not? Because you're going to be late tomorrow and you're not going to think to look there. Uh, okay. And then I go put my keys back and I completely forget about it two minutes later. I don't think anything of it. Not even thinking about the thought that I just heard I'm going to be late tomorrow morning. The next morning, I'm late. I go to reach for my keys. You wouldn't have thought to look there, would you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. I would not have. That is you, isn't it? Why in the world do you care about my keys? Why would I not care about your keys? I care about every aspect of your life. Mm. And so little teeny things of going, okay, that's definitely you. Practice this. Listen, trust this. Move in that. That's been that practice of of being able to hear that voice and know, okay, this is the direction I need to move in. Yeah, I think we're always expecting the burning bush, right? But it's it's always those, it's the... The little well, yeah, things, right? That well, they, well yeah. And here's the funny thing. When you think of the burning bush, that was common back in those days. Right. Bur- they would burn. The difference with this one, many people walked by that bush that day. The difference is it wasn't getting consumed. Only right. one person noticed. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's things that God's trying to tell us. And many people walk by the burning bush and go, well, it's a burning bush. That happens. And then one person walks by and goes, huh. It's not being consumed. That's interesting. Yeah, I love the discernment between um, the arguing with yourself. Like it's almost like that. And and if I'm thinking back, it's almost like there's there's um, almost dares to move. Or is that the right way to look at it? I'm daring you to move into this space. It's almost like a dare. I don't know if that's the right way to frame it, but that's the thing that's coming to my mind right now. It's like, you know, if it was your ego, you wouldn't be saying that to yourself. You know, yeah. like, I dare you to move into this space. Because something profound is going to happen. That it's, there's a feeling like that, of, as opposed to me going, "Hey, I'd like to go to the beach," is the way you put it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I do. I think that there's many times that it's incredibly challenging. I think there's many times that it is so much for better for us, and it challenges our thought processes because we're afraid. Um, and then I think, yeah, I, I really don't. I, I can't think of a time that God has said, you know, hey, this is going to happen. And it's just like a severe ego boost. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. It's usually a, yeah. This all is, right, take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's where fears, are, I'm a huge believer of this, that fear is a barometer. I think that that what we're talking about is like, well, I mean, this does not feel, this doesn't make sense to me. This is making my gut tight. And it's almost like if that is what you're feeling, you need to probably pay particular attention to that because it's something profound is going to happen if you work through it. Yeah. Uh, it, and um, I, I think fear is the right word for that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's many aspects. I think fear is one. I think confusion yeah. many times can be one. Um, there's many times God, you know, like I say, when God's telling me, Hey, you're going to leave and go do this. 
why, 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 why would you move me from uh, things are going great? Things are well, why, why would you do that? Later on, fear sets in of, wait, you're going to, is this you? Cause this is going to rock my whole world. This right. is going to hurt. This is going to be painful. This is, this is taking me from, from here back all the way back down to zero to start all over again. And wait a second, are you sure? You know? So yeah, I think there's confusion. I think there's fear. I think there's some of those things that, uh, you know, the, many of those things can be indicators of maybe this is something I really need to move toward. What are you looking back prior to your leaving, you know, and all these people were coming to you, Hey, will you help me with this? Will you help me with that? What was there a, um, a prevailing theme or something in common? I mean, what, what do most people need help with or businesses? Yeah. The funny thing is people, so I handle all aspects of business. There's one, except for one thing. I don't do taxes. Forget it. I, I am not the tax guy. I can point you in the direction of people with that. Um, but all aspects of business, stuff that I do, people always ask, well, is this specific to industry? Not at all. It's specific to running a business. It's specific to leading people. Um, the things that people come to me with can be all across the board. Things that tend to be um, common uh, traits or misunderstandings or, or you know, things that people are, are, have as blind spots, a lot of times come down to communication. A lot of times communication is a huge key as to why leaders are failing, as to why team members are failing, as to why business owners are failing, as to, as to why teams uh, are uh, failing on moving forward on things or executing things. Communication, um, and you know, if, if people know much about me and have followed me for the last you know, 15, 20 years, then one of the things that they'll see is that I'm, I'm huge on uh, personality styles. That's something I've taught for a very, very long time because it's the key to winning. When you understand how to effectively communicate. So let's go back to when I'm 20, 21 years old and realizing I'm doing a crappy job communicating to these people. Uh, I'm turning them away. I'm, you know, they're no longer looking at me with loyalty or respect. I'm doing something that's not working. That's the moment I start understanding how do I get them to like me. Now, it's not the smartest way to go about it. It was, as a matter of fact, that's the wrong way, but it's the thing that I started with. And what I discovered in the process was that if I could communicate well to them, they could be successful. Okay. So, well, that means that they're winning. And if they're winning by default, I'm winning. Okay, so I always start working on how do I lead them well? How do I understand them? How do I speak to them? Even before I really, really understood personality styles. That came later and I just went ballistic with it. Um, and then as I grew in that, I started realizing, okay, well, how do I get people to lean in my direction? Because I'm doing a, a lot of leaning in their direction. How do I get them to think about me so it's not just constantly having to stop and lean in somebody's direction and working through that process has solved insane amounts of problems. Mm. So that's usually a common issue. Another big common issue. Um, we've got our, our coaching programs and our mastermind groups and all that kind of stuff. Another big issue is not having quality people in your life yeah. to speak into your life. Uh, so I was talking with John Maxwell years ago and and I was saying to him, I'm like, dude, there's something I learned early on. If I'm the best in my business, then that's as far as I can go. And John said, 
Chris, I learned if I was the head of the classroom, I'm in the wrong classroom. Right. And that is a focus that people have to have no matter what you're doing, whether you're a leader, whether you're a business owner, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a musician, I don't care what it is. If you do not have people pouring into you, then you cannot be growing. If you have all the answers, people ask me all the time, what's the worst kind of client? Well, it's easy. The one who has all the answers. Right. I, I don't want your money. Go away. If you've already got all the answers, don't come to me. You have to be teachable. You have to be coachable. You have to be somebody who can be moldable. Um, if you if you will get people to pour into your life, you can continue to grow. So that's one. That's a blind spot that a lot of people don't have. Like our uh, entrepreneurs, we have in we're grouping them up into uh, you know how, how they can hold each other accountable and push and and guide and direct and what's your goals? Great, let's hit it this way and we're going to push on this. And so they are teams of entrepreneurs. They're not even in the same cities, right? And they focus on growth. Because when you turn around and you look at your normal day, you usually don't have those people in your life. So that's a huge blind spot as well. Yeah, there's so many great things that you said there. I agree with you 100%. The communic- almost every problem can almost be, seems yes. like, can go back to communication in some aspect. You know, we can never, and I think as leaders, we can never over communicate the intent or the outcomes that we want for the organization or the team or whatever it was. It seems like we can never communicate that enough. I, I believe that. It seems like we don't do enough of communicating what it is we're trying to achieve, the outcome. And I think a lot of times I'm real big on what I call intent or in commander's intent, if you will, of like this is in, in the more that you can communicate that, the more that you can give autonomy. If people understand that outcome and that intent, the more autonomy you can grant. And that's when organizations seem to start, in my opinion, turning the corner where they, yeah. where you get that decentralized decision-making, where you get that people asking for forgiveness instead of permission, which is just so, to me, I think so vital uh, for success. Yeah. How, you know, this, let's talk about leadership and spirituality. I've had a, some great conversations over this past month, and I don't know, again, it, go, it goes back to me 20 years ago kind of keeping it separate and spirituality and religion separate. And it, it's to me, it's everything, every aspect of your life. The moment that you realize that leadership is a spiritual journey, how important is spirituality? I mean, I, I know this question from you, but talk to me a little bit more of kind of molding or melding spirituality and leadership together. Was that something that was always there for you or did that kind of, again, evolve over time? And did you have an aha moment and say, oh, okay, I get it? Yeah. Um, in my in my earlier years, I did not because um, I thought that I had a relationship with God and did not. Uh, it wasn't until my uh, mid-20s that that changed. Um, and then the realization um, really hit home. I, I've always believed in God, um, but the realization hit home. If there is no God, then it nothing matters. I mean, right. literally, there's no morality. There's no reason to focus on taking care of others. Focus on yourself. Go do your thing. If there is a God, which I always believe there is, um, then nothing else matters. And so when you look at your role and your calling and your purpose in life, um, I believe what Frederick Bigner says, I'm going to screw this up. He says it eloquently. I'm going to paraphrase it. Uh, your calling is where uh, your great gladness meets the world's hunger. Mm. That cross section is what you're called to do. The thing that really jacks you up, excites you, makes you passionate 
where that meets the world's hunger, you know, where people are needing that in their life. And it doesn't, you know, we, we, we look at things as like, oh, the world's hunger. Well, that must mean food. That must mean, uh, you know, housing. That must mean, no, 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 no. There are people out there that are hungry for great art. Not just, oh, I appreciate it, but love it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a great thing. And you can supply and you can help. And you can, you know, if that is something, if you're a phenomenal artist or crazy passionate about it, fill that spot. But the thing is, is understand if you don't have the eternal perspective, then what are you doing it for? So for me, in my job, in my business, my team, we use this opportunity to worship God. We use this opportunity to say, what did God tell us to do? Love me, love my kids as you love yourself. Take care of my kids. Serve them. Do things for them. I, I, I'm a Rabbi Lapp, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Rabbi Daniel Lappin, yes, but just a phenomenal guy. And we go back a ways, and I just I, I have always taken on what he believes is the you should become obsessively preoccupied with the needs of others. If you don't have that spirituality in your leadership role, then you're leading for what? Yes. Status, affirmation, validation, a paycheck. Um, for me. I believe that God is, cares about every aspect of every person's life. So instead, I add that into it. If we're not doing this for him, why are we doing it? That's a great question. I love how you phrase that. It's an absolutely great way to look at it. I mean, what are you doing this for? And you're right. In real leadership, the it's to me, the aha moment was when realizing when it was simply was adding value to other people's life and every interaction that you can come across. And that takes yeah. a great deal of intentionality and discipline, you know. Yes, it does. <laughs> right. It sounds simple. It is simple in, in, in understanding that the more that I add value to people's lives, the more that my life will be enriched and the more my wants and needs will seemingly get met exponentially. Yeah. But my gosh, why is it so difficult to, to why am I... Why is it hard to do that with the cashier at, at the grocery store? Why is it hard to, why am because I not thinking we're about so it? focused on us. Yeah. It is a flip of a switch. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm the guy who teaches this stuff for a living and I can have an off day. Right. Uh, I, you know, if I am incredibly, if I am not replenished, if I am incredibly exhausted and tired and that happens, um, I cannot think of God's kids. Now, I truly believe the way that you're able to do that is when you are healthy. Now, that's one thing, especially through our life plans. We focus heavily on people getting healthy. So many people are not. So many people come from jacked up root systems. That's, that's what we focus on is what we call the root system. They become from jacked up root systems and they're not healthy and they're doing things for, you know, they gain their self-worth from people or things. And so when you're getting your self-worth from people or things, you know, achieving things, um, helping people, uh, you know, anything that relies on you feeling good about yourself because of something you did, then it's, it's not going to last. It lasts for about five minutes. Yep. If you get your self-worth from God and understanding that he thinks you are phenomenal, he thinks you're amazing, he chose to create you, you are his kid before anybody else is. If you, you understand all of that, that's consistent. That stays. That's that, always there. That is a, such a great point. Yeah. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. No. So you can go into life not having to get affirmation, validation from other people. People come into our events and we, if we're looking for self-worth and affirmation from them, 
because of what we're, we're changing lives like you would not believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are taking people that have been abused for 38 years and, and they're the freest people you've ever seen. We're taking people who have had sexual abuse. We're taking people that have come from, you know, really bad controlling uh, situations, really bad submissive situations. I mean, just all kinds of craziness and people that have had no problems in their lives and just showing them how to have better lives. And so it would be easy for us if we weren't, if our eyes weren't on God for us to go, look at what we're doing. We are amazing. This is incredible. The moment we would have to push on somebody, because a lot of times we have to, we have to push on them to get them to a specific place to see what's going on. The moment we saw that they didn't like it or it was a little painful, we'd shut down. Yep. Well, we, we, we don't want to mess this up. We, we you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let them stay happy. You know, and I, I'll tell you, I had a, uh, I'm going to a business next week uh, where when they came in for our strap line, they bring in all of their leadership is a very, very large business. And I pushed that leader to the edge, to the edge. I was sitting there at the table, looking down at him going, I think that's about as far as I can push him before he walks out the door. <laughs> and it was phenomenally powerful for him. But if my work, my, if my concern was, is he going to like me? Then it's not going to happen. Right. Such a great point. I just to emphasize you're so, it's so true that if we are in a spot where we're basing our self-worth on our performance and other people's opinions, then we're in the wrong space. But that's where most of us, I mean, that's the big problem, right? That's where, oh, yeah. that's where society is at. And I think if you, be, to become, or you start your leadership journey, if you focus most of it on yourself and getting healthy, like you said, I think a lot of times that overwhelms people because they think, well, I'll never be a leader because I got so much to fix. I think it it, it becomes um, something that ha- happens simultaneously. You can be, or you can at least start the process of being a transformative leader while you're constantly working on yourself because it never really stops, right? The, the journey never, or the, the working on yourself never really stops. Yeah, but I, I think... For so many people, and I've had this for many young leaders that worked for me, so many people see leadership and go, I want that. Yeah. That's where I want to be. Stop. Mm -hmm. Do not seek leadership. You know, something Zig Ziglar used to say uh, is if you seek friends, if you set out to find friends, you'll find few. If you set out to be a friend, you'll find many. Yeah. It's the same concept with leadership. Leadership isn't the role, isn't the pay grade, isn't that that's not it. Uh, I have a saying, it's your job as a leader to make your team successful, not the other way around. So if you want to be a leader, understand making people successful. Don't think of it as, oh, if I get in this role, then all of a sudden everything is going to be fantastic. I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to be able to climb the ranks. It's going to have status. It's going to have, don't even think of any of that stuff. Look around you right now and ask the question, who am I leading? Am I leading my spouse? Am I leading my kids? Am I leading my friends? Am I leading, am I leading them somewhere that is something better for them? Not just in a direction to see if I can pull this off, but instead, can I lead people to better in their lives, no matter what it is? Can I lead my leaders to being better leaders? If you can do that, leadership comes naturally. Mm-hmm. So first thing is get the concept of, I want to be a leader out of your mind. If you're set for leadership, you're going to lead. Second thing is understand failure is inevitable. I cannot, there, there's some 
supposed thought leaders out there right now that are saying failure is um, is not an option. And yeah, I, yeah. I feel bad for them and I feel bad for people that are listening to that message because fear of failure is huge in people's lives. And that's something that we work through a ton in our events. Failure is inevitable, but being afraid of failure is like being afraid to go to school to learn. Right. Fail- failure is one of your greatest teachers, yep. if you will stop and focus on what di- what happened, what can I learn from this? What can I do from this? But we come from family influences. We come from bad boss influences. We come from peer influences that say, oh, you failed? Oh, look, you are a failure. You know, another thing Zig used to say, failure is not a person. It's an event. It's right. a situation. Right. And so for me, I'm always helping people to understand you're going, just embrace the fact that if you're, you know, if you aren't going to sit around and do nothing, then you're going to fail. So in leadership, plan on it. But what do you learn from it? Don't hide it because people already saw it. Bring it out in the light and go, oh, wow, I screwed that up. Here's how do I fix that? Oh, great. Now let's move forward. So as you become a leader, that evolving, like you're saying, it's not a all of a sudden you're a leader. It's not a there's a school, take this class for you know three months and all of a sudden you're a great leader. It is a constant process of learning the whole time. I do, I've been leading people for 25 years. Uh, I've been teaching people how to lead people for over 15. I've been teaching you know, business owners and entrepreneurs for over 15 years. How do you do this stuff? And yet, I learn every single day. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's a whole idea, going back to your point of, are you in love with the idea of leading? Or are you in love with the actual act of leading? There's a distinct difference, and I think that's yeah. what you're talking about there. Yeah, it's so true. And the failure piece, oh my gosh, yeah, it's like you embrace. You got to embrace the mistakes. That's part of. It's part of the. I mean, everybody that's achieved anything of significance, it's not a linear plan executed perfectly. It's just a whole series of missteps, setbacks, failures, if you want to call them that. But they're just all. And what they what they did and adjusted after the fact. It's never executed perfectly ever. Absolutely. Uh, and by the way, let me just say this: uh, as you learn from it, don't fail at the same thing twice. <laughs> so, right. Don't do it again. Right. That's, yes. that's the idea. Right. Well, gosh, Chris, your stuff is just so great. Again, I've been a fan for a long time. I mean, you've got the life plans in place, the strategic planning, the coaching. You've got the podcast. How can people get in touch with you? How can they they learn more about you? How can they reach out to you? Uh, two things. One, chrislacurto.com is where everything, uh, where you can find everything about us. Um, and the podcast, the Chris Lacurto show is, that is where most people, uh, really engage in the, the information, all of that, um, and engage us through that show. So, uh, those are the two main things that people can do. And I encourage all my listeners, of course, if, if you haven't found Chris's show, if you do go find it, go subscribe to it. Rate it, review it. It helps uh, with uh, the the visibility of all the shows. It does just like I say on this show. You know, leave that rating, leave that review, take it with you on your mobile device uh, to help with uh, the visibility of the show. Chris, one last question: If you had the ultimate dinner party, you could invite five people, alive or dead, and you could just have this kick butt dinner party. Who would those people be? <laughs> Who? Uh, okay. Wow, that is that five people. Five people. Jesus would definitely be number one for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would have to say, uh, the apostle Paul, I have, yeah, I, I like that one. Yeah. I've always wanted to just know how did you have 
contentment in how did you walk into a town and know that you're going to get the oh, daylight right. speed out of you and still be content in this? Uh, uh, Richard Branson. Yeah. How did you take a crappy little record store in a, in a storefront and turn it into what it is now? Yeah. And on top of that, have a phenomenal, uh, you know, attitude. I mean, the guy just seems uh, consistently happy. Um, Dana Perino, I would, I would absolutely love to have at that dinner. She's, she's a rock star. Yeah, she's great. That woman is just phenomenal. I need to have her on the show. She's, she, she's not only in stunning with her intellect, but the way that she looks at things is just incredible. And she's been through quite a bit. So, yeah. Um, and Ron Burgundy from the first Anchorman movie. <laughs> hey, I love it. Yeah. That awesome. I just want to hear him look at Jesus and go, yeah. you know, I'm somewhat of a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, I love the Ron Burgundy piece. That's great. That's awesome. Chris, fantastic stuff, man. I'm so happy you came on the show. So glad to have finally met you. Um, same here, man. Like same said, here. I'll, Thank I'll, you so much. I just feel blessed. Stay on the line. We'll talk for a little bit for some logistics, but my gosh, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. My honor. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. <laughs>